Welcome back to Nerd vs. World, episode 14, The Little Shop of Nerds. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And I'm Aidy. How are we all doing, folks? I'm fine. How are you? You just try to lobotomise yourself at a table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't the smartest thing to do. If anyone's eating this week, he'll be sporting a lobotomy scar. <laughs> Massive bruise, just over my right eye. It's already starting to form where I've just headbutted a table, plugging a laptop in. <laughs> I'm not sure whether the ringing in my ears is from the head injury or from the tinnitus now. <laughs> More oil. Oh, don't. The oil is the, tr- that's the weirdest thing I've had to do recently. Yeah. Just, just to try and clear stuff up. Just a little syringe and inject oil into my ear. Because as soon as the first drop of, ear, of oil hits your eardrum, it's I'm just up. instantly deaf. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've so done that as well because I've had ear infections loads and yeah, I, before I knew it was ear infections I tried that and it was just like yeah you're completely deaf and then kind of when I had the ear infections it was just like I'd, I wouldn't be able to hear for like days and that was horrendous yeah it doesn't do well for my job which no, is all indeed. about hearing really? I thought, we, I thought we established it was all about twiddling knobs well wow. <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep an ear open so no one catches you <laughs> but yeah so yeah, head injury and an, and, an, and an ear injury. But hey, life goes on. This is, this is all just to prepare for The Walking Dead coming back. <laughs> trying to get in the mindset of a zombie. I'm looking forward to the Comic-Con panel for Walking Dead because yeah. they've released the first banner for it and it looks badass. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see if another showrunner change will have another effect. Indeed, yeah. Well, I've got to see yeah, how it goes, whether anyone survives the series. Because they're, well, they're, they're pretty much caught up with the comic now, aren't they? So it's all completely up in the air as to where it's going to go from yeah. there. Yeah. Intriguing to see. And is the comics going to follow the series if it proceeded? I would doubt it. Well, to be fair, the two have diverged quite a lot anyway over the mm. course of a couple of seasons and there's like totally new characters that were added into the TV, TV show, show that weren't in the comic and everything so yeah. yeah and some characters have lasted a lot longer in the series than in the comics and some a lot shorter yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah Shane for example made it past the first season yeah and, is, uh... and Dale unfortunately bit the dust when he shouldn't have yeah oh well but oh, wait, wait, he was like oh yeah God. season three you get to get it on with Andrea <laughs> oh no wait I'm dead yeah <laughs> cheers <Bye! laughs> <laughs> the actor was just like, curse you, God! <laughs> curse you, director. <laughs> yeah. Scriptwriter. But how's everybody else been? Because it's been, it's been a few weeks since we've met. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been a while because we, uh, we, we recorded the Emma Newman podcast before we did the uh, Neil Gaiman event yeah. in Bath. Um, and then I was ill, so we missed, uh, missed a week's recording. So, yeah, it's, it's been like about four weeks or so yeah. since, since we three have convened. Indeed. The Emma Newman recording was an awful lot of fun. It was. It was great. So much fun. And the Neil Gaiman event was brilliant. I'd never been to a book reading and a book signing before. I'd never done anything like that before. And it was, I mean, I've done a lot of geeky things in my time, Mm. but that was just brilliant. And when he read the first passage from the book, I was just, I was completely captivated. Yeah. Mm. And I've read the book twice, cover to cover, (laughs) since it's awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, 
to August where we've got Neil Gaiman and Philip Pullman. Philip Pullman, yeah, 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 that's going to be incredible. Yeah. That, that's going to be a slightly smaller event to, be... than the one that we went to. Cause that yes, was, but that's going to be better. Huge. Oh, no, it will be. It'll be much better. Yeah. Mm. I mean, because the last time I saw Neil Gaiman doing a reading and a signing was in Borders downstairs in Oxford. So that was tiny, yeah. and there were all there, there were like a couple of hundred people there, just sat on the floor listening to him talk, and then everybody got signed and everything. Oh well, they got books signed; they didn't all get signed, um, and because <laughs> <laughs> that was the one where Megan told him off for writing in books, yeah. which was very sweet that he remembered her for that as well. Really? Yeah, because when, when we saw him this time and got uh, got the book signed, he was like. Oh yeah, I think I remembered because he doesn't not often he gets told off by a small child for yeah, writing a book. <laughs> but it's okay because he wrote the book. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was a, it. Was a great event. It was really good. It was just it was huge. I just it was massively oversubscribed. The scale I think. of it, yeah. I think, was far too big because there were probably about two thousand people there, all yeah. of whom wanted a copy of the book and all of whom wanted it signed by Neil Gaiman yeah. there. Yeah, I didn't get mine signed in the end. Yeah, I, I had to go back to Oxford, so I just I just left it because well, I was whistling him in August. Yeah. Yes. Again, so I thought I'll get a book. I'll get a copy signed then. Yeah, indeed. But the fact that he just held an entire well, the, the entire forum, essentially, in yeah. the palm of his hands whilst he read. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. Just the brilliant. silence in that place apart from one voice. Yeah. It was It was brilliant. It was really cool. I, I, my only kind of downside for that event would have been the interviewer. I just didn't think he was particularly animated or even interested. Yeah. <laughs> the way he was talking, he was a bit dull. Yeah. Where was he from? Was he from the Telegraph? It was the Telegraph, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. it Telegraph or the Independent? One of the two. I think it was the Telegraph. Was the Guardian. Telegraph. <laughs> that wasn't the. I mean, the wasn't Guardian's at least a bit, a bit more upbeat yeah. and kind of down with the kids, you know. But uh, yeah, the Independent. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, the Independent really likes Amanda Palmer and, and Neil Gaiman. Thing they do quite a lot. I think the Telegraph. It's just like what? <laughs> he, was, he was just a bit dull. He was just sat there in his suit. Yeah. Well, we can always invite him to the show. <laughs> well, I, I, I have invited him to the show, but I've not had any response. So we'll we we'll, we'll just have to cross our fingers and hope, gents. Yeah. Or uh, just kidnap him when he comes to the show. Or just yeah. Like, well, all three of us are going, so yeah. Yeah, yeah we can yeah try and kidnap him. Shh! Don't tell anyone. He'd probably enjoy it. <laughs> Kidnapped by a load of nerds and questioned. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure he would. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we'd all be very arrested. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's if they find us. Uh, secret nerd lair. Yes. <laughs> we need to get one of those. Nerd cave. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've already picked. I already picked out a hill for my back cave. It's in Cumbria, so that's where I grew up. There's a, just a, in the, in the middle of a field. There's just this one big hill. And just in the middle of that, that'd be that'd be where I put my bat cave. Awesome. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Neil Gaiman to bat caves. And back to Neil Gaiman again. And back to Neil Gaiman again. Yes. Um, it's been a couple of bits of Neil Gaiman news. Firstly, there was the rumor that six seasons of American, American Gods, Gods have been confirmed by mm. HBO, and Neil Gaiman took to Twitter to say. Nope. Nope. No, he did indeed. Um, he said, there's nothing true about it. Well, actually, it was quite simply, no. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a shame. Well, I mean, it's interesting to see how, it how long it runs for, because obviously you've got what's there in the books, and then kind of with the Anansi boys afterwards, there is a spin-off of the universe, so it is larger and does continue. Yeah. 
Um, so there's the possibility there to continue it, not necessarily with Shadow et al., but uh, in yeah. some other way, shape or form. It depends. I mean, see, problem is it's a Neil game and anything could happen. <laughs> what he said at the forum was that it's now going to the next level of people yes. to decide what happens to it. So it, it it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the works. And the other thing was the question that Cherry Bomb asked him about Good Omens. Ah, yes. Well, because we know that there's been secret meetings, well, not-so-secret meetings yeah. between him and Terry Pratchett yeah. over dinner and stuff. So I'll be very, very interested yeah. if that uh, comes to pass. We will be talking more about Cherry Bomb and a project that she's working on later on. We will indeed, yes. Um, uh, after the music. That will explain the... Uh, the name of the episode. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll get onto that later on. But then, yeah, of course, the other massive bit of Neil Gaiman news is the dates for Sandman now, yep. the Sandman prequel, which I'm just frothing yeah. and <laughs> jumping and gurring and gnashing and wanting. Because yeah. originally it was supposed to be out in March. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. It was the first dates that I'd seen for it. And I was just like, it's March. <laughs> Where's my Sandman? Where's Overtures? Where's my Sandman? <laughs> But yeah, now so it's supposed to be out in October, and it's going to be they're, they're gonna, it's it's bi-monthly the actual yes. issues, and in the off months there's like scripts and yeah. special edition yeah. stuff yeah. about which the they're going to be doing episode. bi-monthly. Yeah, so off, off months bi-monthly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, massively, massively looking forward yeah. to that. It's been uh, a long time coming. So yeah. And of course, Vertigo have announced a raft of other titles as well. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of new stuff coming from Vertigo because they were they were getting a bit concerned that they only had like was it Fables and a couple of other titles yeah. were the only things in Vertigo because a lot of Vertigo has gone mainstream DC universe. So they yeah, were, well, uh, they just lost uh, John Constantine, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah, six new titles apparently. I think the one I'm looking forward to, I think, is Suiciders. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Dead Boy Detectives is that the Sandman spin-off? Yeah. So yeah, that's the the, the Dead Boys from yeah. I thought it was that, but I wasn't entirely sure because I've not read any of those because they said no. it was. Well, because well, they said it's coming back, so that assumes that there were other episodes of Dead Boy Detectives that I hadn't read either. There's Hinterkind, the Discipline, Dead Boy Detectives, which is the Sandman spin-off. Yeah. Suiciders, Coffin Hill, and The Witching Hour. The Witching Hour, that's, that's like a one-shot, isn't it, though? From what I read, I think that's just yeah. a, a kind of one-off rather than a, a series. Well, a new series. Yeah, yeah, you've got it right. It is. Um, but yeah, Suiciders, that would be the one I think I start collecting. Although Hinterkind start, sounds interesting as well. Mm. But uh, it, it's all good news for uh, Vertigo fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so very nice to have new things coming out there. Always nice to have new stuff from years ago. Mm. I'll stick with comics. Man of Steel. Indeed. All right, well, do you want to do a quick... Mm. Well, I haven't actually seen it, because I'm not... I have seen it. What did you think? I thought it got very, very dull. Okay. Um, basically, there are too many fight sequences, and the reason they get dull is because the people involved in the fight sequences are essentially immortal. So all they're doing is bashing each other around through building, causing massive collateral damage, and them just all walking away from it. So it just gets... After, like, 20 minutes of just people batting each other through skyscrapers, you're just like, 
Oh, for fuck's sake, get on with it. <laughs> Didn't someone estimate what the total damage yeah, would have they been? Did, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, the, the body count was in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and yeah you can well imagine it, as you see them destroying New York. Oh, sorry, Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so somebody did. I, it was, was seven hundred and fifty million or billion, billion. Yeah. something like that. The Avengers caused less damage. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can well believe it because yeah. like, seeing the two fights, it's like yeah, the Avengers they they did a fair number on it, but this is just epically stupid proportions. Is this JJ Abrams level of destroying things then? Uh, it's Roland Emmerich level of destroying things. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> Without so many flashes. Yeah, indeed, and yeah, being very kind of up close and personal about it, but yeah, it's just the whole kind of Zod Superman fight just gets ridiculous. Yeah, and you do just end up wanting to go look, to hurry up and stick him in the prison, hurry up and do something about it. I I don't know what they were thinking, but I, well, he's I think they should have gone for a more human story than that first. From my understanding of it, is that there's a lot less of the Clark Kent and. Clark Kent, Clark Kent, and, and a lot more of the Kalel. There is no Clark Kent until the very end of the film. Right, uh. so my understanding was quite right then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, it, they've taken a very, very different approach to the whole Superman Lois Lane uh, relationship in this, and they brought in a lot of kind of the Smallville stuff and had like Lana there at one point on the bus and things, looking scarily like Lana from Smallville. Whether they got to do that, but uh, yeah, from <laughs> it, no, it wasn't because they, it was blankly just teenagers. But uh, yeah, it it was intriguing because they basically destroyed Smallville and then went on and then destroyed Metropolis and then yeah. Apparently, Christopher Reeve has a cameo in it. Does he? Yeah, they okay. superimposed his face onto Henry Cavill's in one scene. There's a gif of it doing the round on the internet at the moment. That could, of course, just be someone on the internet making it a gif. It could just be someone yeah. photoshopping. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, but then again, I, I may have switched off at certain points because <laughs> I was that bored. The thing is, it's now broken 500 million worldwide. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a good enough film. I just... I, I felt it was far too slow in the beginning, and then, was it, what was it, or was it far too quick? They, they were just kind of skirting through a load of stuff really quickly and jumping backwards and forwards in time, and then it got to the kind of big setup of the showdown, and the showdown lasted for like the whole last third of the film. So, some of it was too, it, it was just badly paced, yeah. in my opinion, and not enough too time. Too slow, too fast. Not enough time was spent on the characterisation. Right. So the thing is, though, with its success, box office wise, it's opened up more Justice League talk. Yeah, well, yeah, it seems to have opened up a lot of kind of anti Justice League talk, if you, if you ask me. There's lots of people basically going, no, I'm not going to be in Justice League. <laughs> Yeah, well, Christian Bale said he's not going to be yeah. in his Batman, and the whole world went, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> I very, very much doubt Ryan Reynolds will be returning. No, because well, he's going to be rather busy doing his Deadpool. Uh, so. indeed, oh, and he's also I think he's up against himself in a box office thing this weekend. There's two films that he's in. There's a, an animated one, called, is it Ignition or something? It's a Disney Pixar one, uh, going up against another film, a live-action one that he's in. Wow. So, yeah, he's head-to-head right. head against himself this weekend at the box office. No one wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, yeah, there is a load of stuff. I mean, I've had to go and get a bloody Sydney World, Sydney World membership now because there's that much stuff going on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, 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 am I going to the cinema more than twice a month now? Yes. yes. Therefore, it's now worth it. Yes. I wasn't previously, now I am. I was talking about that with AD before we started yeah. um, taping tonight. Yeah, they're getting a Sydney World card. Just this next couple of weeks alone, we've got Pacific well, Rim and World's End. And, and also, at the moment, Despicable Me and World War Z. Which well, I haven't seen yet me either. Too. Yes, that's that. Yeah, and uh, this is the end. So I'm kind of interested in seeing. Which I really want mm. to see. This yeah. is the end. That's a really interesting concept for a film. So yeah, that's five films in the next like four weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, it is worth it. So, it's totally yeah, worth it. It is now. So yeah, I it's signed up for that when I went to see Superman. Yeah, it's worth the drive to the cut. When's World's End out? World's End's out the nineteenth. Nineteenth. No, it's not May. Nineteenth July. July. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Travelling backwards that, in time. That's, Why that's, not? That's Did you ask James Cameron? Oh, I'm going to ask Jim Cameron whether I'm allowed to do that, yeah. Just trying to think about what else we've got to catch up on. I don't know, because I, I know we've had a lot, we've been doing a lot on the uh, on the Wonky's Banner site of late, yeah. trying to put new stuff on there, because we've got the events calendar up on there now, which is fairly cool. So yeah, if anybody has nerdy events and stuff going on, signings or conventions or gigs or social gatherings or anything, really just send us the details through and we'll, we'll stick it on there if it, yeah. if it takes our fancy. Um, yeah, and then we're just trying to get new content on there, really, because we started doing the polls and stuff. Yeah. And I've started working on quizzes as well. Actually, that's the thing. Yeah. The poll. We haven't discussed the results of that the poll. poll. Oh, yes, the, uh, the, 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 bromance. the better bromance then. <laughs> I cannot believe... Bashir and O'Brien did not win that. I, indeed, well, that, that was where the was whole argument—that's where the whole argument came from. Yeah. It was uh, Riggs and Murtaugh versus uh, O'Brien and Bashir because it was between me and Cherry Bomb online on Twitter one night. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> she was saying about uh, about Riggs and Murtaugh, and I, went, I got nothing on uh, Bashir <laughs> and O'Brien. Right, let's. And then, yeah, it just escalated, and then I went, right, that's it. To the polls. (laughs) Let's have it out with the populace. (laughs) Yeah, and then we had some other additions to that poll, which was pretty cool as well. Indeed, and the other one that ended up winning was was a a late edition, which was uh, (coughs) Sean and Ed from Sean and the Dead. Yeah. And JD and Turk from Scrubs had a good run as well, but no. My vote went for Bashir and O'Brien. That's that's where my vote went as well, was for those two. I had lots of others that didn't quite make the uh, list, but I just for sheer comedy value. No one voted on the Winchesters. No. Well, because they are they're, brothers. They are brothers. It's not a bromance. If anyone had, if anyone had voted for those, I would have said they were wrong. Uh, because yeah, they, they are brothers. actual brothers. <laughs> they're, they're they're not friends who are as close as brothers. They uh, are actually brothers fair. who. Which is why I automatically dismissed my own. One of Duke's Hazard. Oh, yeah, you'll have, you'll yeah. have outraged a lot of slash fic writers now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're wrong. Oh. <laughs> I love Supernatural, and those guys are ace, but if you thought that was a great romance, you could not have been more wrong. Indeed, yes. Um, especially when there were much better options on the list. Oh, yeah, and there was yes. Han, Han and Chewy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Which did get, pick up a couple of them. Yeah. It did. But yeah, oh, it was interesting, and so we'll, we'll try and get more polls on more the go. More polls, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, so I've, I've been working on uh, the uh, on nerdometers for various different franchises. <laughs> so um, I've been writing batches of like multiple choice and true or false questions nice. that will be presented randomly over a, a kind of 
it'll be over a short period of time, so you'll have like 10 minutes to answer 20 questions, and that'll get rid of the whole people trying to Google the answer yeah. thing. Uh, so it'll be time-limited, and people can uh, flex their nerdy muscles on, on various franchises, which I think will be fairly cool. Once that's That'd be online. very, very cool. Yeah, I think one of the things we put up recently was the E3 schedule. Did anyone else, apart from me, follow E3 particularly closely? Uh, no. Not as it happened. I mean, I obviously read stuff after the event, <clears throat> and there was a few interesting bits and bobs that came out of it. I mean, there was the obvious kind of PS4, Xbox One yeah. yes. debate where you just watch Microsoft committing financial suicide. <laughs> someone asked <laughs> me. Much. Someone asked me if they thought if I thought that Sony had won the uh, console war. And I was like, no, Xbox have a chance. If if Sony were to dig up the beloved pet of every single one of their customers and defile the corpse, <laughs> Xbox would still be with a chance. But they would still have to lower their price. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. But they made the U-turn on the DRM. They have indeed. Which um, is... Yeah, the pre-owned a, games. Yeah. It's appeased some people, but it's also kind of upset a lot of others and the um, always online thing as that's well that's changed as well That's it, you You have to be online to set up your Xbox One to start yeah. off with but, but after then that you, you can play offline because yeah. that, that was the big bone of contention with people yeah. was that it had to ping like once every 24 Four hours, hours yeah. I think it was while you were playing games yeah. uh, just to check that you weren't copying them or whatever and then there was a whole raft of rules about how you can pass games on to other people and so forth and their their rationale for it was that it was about the uh, online delivery platforms and moving away from disc based games etc I think they dropped the ball I don't necessarily think it was what with what they planned I think where they have dropped the ball was in how they communicated what they wanted to do because as soon as they said DRM everyone flashed back to maybe five years ago when they tried to DRM music and the whole debacle that caused. And I think people instantly went there rather than actually digging any deeper into what Xbox Microsoft were actually planning with the Xbox One. Because the Family Pass didn't require you to have the same billing address or the same <coughs> occupancy address as anybody else in the past. Yeah. You didn't have to be family, you could be friends. So you could, I, could, I could have bought a game and I could have shared that game with you. You would have been able to play that game as a demo, in terms of an allotted time per session, mm. but as as of now, they hadn't actually worked out how many sessions you'd be limited to. Yeah, and there was something along the lines that you can share the games with somebody else, but they have to have been in your friends list for like a month or something. There was loads of weird, like, rules of how you could share content yeah. with other people. It was just it it struck me as just being far too complicated. Uh, and I think a lot of people had the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, they're just not going to let us do it without, yeah. as you say, looking deeper into the actual uh, mechanics of how it was yeah. going to work and so forth. But I think they were correct in, in that assumption and that knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, it's been interesting because a couple of my degree students, they're currently undergoing a... a a practical research, which is their first real attempt at sort of analysing things and coming to conclusions in terms of industry issues. And one of the options is convergence. And one of the students chose the Xbox One as a convergent device. Now, I'm not entirely convinced that it is a convergent device and any more than the Xbox 360 was. It's certainly a convergent point for different media industries, sort of games, music, 
film and television. But we asked them to think of what impact the Xbox One would have had on the creative media industry as a whole. And that's where his presentation fell down, because he couldn't really think of anything. Mm. Now, the DRM issue would have been where that impact would have been. Because there's an argument now that if DRM had been communicated effectively, we could have seen lower price games. The argument is that the reason that they've had these restrictions is that software publishers don't make any money on the second-hand resale mm -hmm. of their products. Yeah. So this condition would have meant that publishers would have made some amount of money from the resale of their titles, mm -hmm. which could have been passed on as a saving to customers up front by having initially cheaper release titles. Mm -hmm. I think there's a certain amount of naivety to that. I think that if a games publisher knew that they could make money after the first sale of the game, they wouldn't necessarily reduce the price. No. I think that's naive to assume they would. But um, what it would have meant is that third sort of third party publishers and the indie publishers might have have more chance of surviving in the market alongside those companies that turn out the AAA titles. Mm -hmm. Because if they can make money on second-hand resales, they're going to keep their income stream coming. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the DRM implementation that Microsoft had could possibly have helped the smaller publishers and the smaller developers, and we'll never know. I think the customers just saw what Sony did and went, fuck you, Microsoft, mm. you dropped the ball on this one. And Microsoft had no, they had no choice but to just say, okay. Well, they, they had every choice, and, and they stuck to it. They stuck to their guns for as long as they could in the same way they did with the whole Windows 8.1 thing. You know, they went to the point of going, well, you know, well, basically, we're going to ignore users. <laughs> we're going to ignore what you want it's because not this is the way forward. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, but that's, that's their ethos. Indeed, yeah. But until it's, it's not really a genuine choice. They had, they had the choice of saying we'll stick to our guns and making no money because the, the pre-sales... For the Xbox Three Six, the Xbox One, just fell away completely. Mm -hmm. So they were left with the only choice of of, of making the U-turn. But I do think we'll see a point, maybe in the next four to five years, where these sort of measures do come in, because as we move further away from physical media, mm -hmm. and we come to cloud media and streamed media, the question of ownership and the definition of ownership will change. Well, yeah. I mean, and when that changes, we will have to develop new ways to protect people's IP and to define ownership. Yeah, because well, because that's that's something that's very much in the fore at the moment because people have been talking a lot about kind of uh, leaving digital belongings to people in wills. Because, for example, you build up a massive library of Steam games or whatever yeah. and you want to pass them on. If you in 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 the event that you die, how do you do that? Because you don't physically own anything. <laughs> I think that's where lawyers in a few years' time are going to have a field day trying to define. Yeah, there's going to there's, there's going to have to be some kind of definitions and uh, and some provision made for it because yeah. it, it, our kind of personal digital imprint is getting much much bigger. Uh, I, I read something that um, 95% of all data generated 
by mankind has been in the last 10 years. So, yeah, uh, but anyways, uh, on, uh, uh, a brief digression from E3 there, but inspired no less. So, highlights of E3 of the announcements from that? For me, every time I see Watch Dogs, more and more from Watch Dogs, I'm impressed with it. The Division might get me playing first-person shooters simply because of the MMO aspect of it as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds that that appeals to to me and, and yeah. my sort of Call of Duty Ghosts. I really couldn't give two tosses for. Yeah, I, I've never played anything of that franchise, um, so no. I'm not even vaguely interested. It looked interesting for a second in terms of Sony versus Microsoft, but then Sony kind of well, they could do no wrong. Even as they came out and openly shat on the on the on yeah. the stage. They they were gonna walk slaughtering women and children, yeah. people might think twice. They they were walking away with us from that. Yeah. And <laughs> and for a second I was put back to the sort of Sega Nintendo console wars. Mm. I thought maybe this is sort of the start of that again. More so than the last generation. Yeah. Because uh, the three sixty was was still outperformed by the PS three. Whereas the PS three was but the worst performer of all the Sony consoles so far yeah. in terms of sales, it's still outperformed the Xbox. Um, and I still think, and I think the PS4 is going to be the gameless console of mm. the two. I think the Xbox One's probably got the the media center thing yeah. S- yeah. sewn up. Yeah, because it seems to have done the media center thing very well to the point that I think was, uh, one of the articles said that it was basically that just a kind yeah. of glitzy Blu-ray player yeah. if you took away all the online stuff. And that was the thing that intrigued me, was the price difference between the two. I mean, it's no secret that the PS3 was sold at a markdown, effectively. Massive loss. Yeah, in order to get Blu-ray players into people's homes, because obviously Sony hold the IP for the Blu-ray disc. Um, And that hasn't done quite as well for them as they thought it would, so I'm kind of thinking that the they they're making loss on the PS4 as well. I imagine they will. And I think it's for twofold. One, I think it's to continue the push to get Blu-rays into people's houses, but also the PS4 supports Ultra 4K. Mm. So I think it's probably going to be a lost leader to try and get people onto Ultra 4K, Ultra 4K TVs. Mm. So they'll yeah they'll yeah. be able to. It will be the the other purchases around. <laughs> yeah. Do you think people are ready to get rid of their HD TVs yet? Well, if they do, I'll buy them. <laughs> I think it's too soon. I think the early adopters are on it. Early uh, adopters if, always will. Yeah, but yeah. if they look at it on, on a on a sort of a two year scale, I think it will be. I think it'll be the next couple of years where they start becoming more of more affordable. Because mm. um, Th- prices said, of TVs for the HDTVs are dropping. And there's always those cusps out there that want the the in latest thing. Yeah. Which will, you know, they'll they'll put the forefront out. They'll they'll fork out for the higher end of it, which will cover the shortfalls of the PS4. Yeah, but uh, well, the shortfalls on the PS4 will be made up entirely from the Blu-ray yeah, the IP. Sales, yes. um, because it's it's every every Blu-ray disc that is sold, they get money from, even the blank ones, for for, for burning initial products. But that's the power of. Holding that That's why the property. format war occurred. Yeah. yeah. But the thing was, the last time the format war occurred, what did we really see? I mean, we the saw... Beta Max. No, in terms of... In terms, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of console going forward, I know, I was, I'm, I'm way past VHS Beta Max. We didn't see anything because there were there were no games produced on HD DVD. No, I'm thinking back to Sega Nintendo. 
Oh, right, okay, sorry. Because um, that, that, that drove, arguably in my mind, that drove towards the graphics we saw in Donkey Kong on the SNES, and then that led to the 64-bit gaming, mm. which brought things on. But I don't see anything happening now in terms of making things look nicer. What I'd like to see with this format war is people making games which are just fun to play. Yes. Because the increased graphic power of both consoles, and both consoles, I've got the specs for it um, in an article that I'll put in the show notes because I don't want to go into them. But it's just like 3D of the movies. It's just polishing the same old turds. It's, it's not really adding anything to the experience. So when I see games which look like they are actually doing something and not relying on graphics so much... That's when I get interested. It's Minecraft it doesn't rely on its graphics; it relies on its on its gameplay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on, on what you can do with it. Yeah. But so the, the the one announcement that came out for me that I was very interested in was Star Wars Battlefront. Oh yeah, and we saw like a ten second clip of it. Yeah. And I, I, I love the Battlefront games. They lost me for the rest of that presentation. Really? I was just tweeting as just shut the fuck up. Show us more Battlefront. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that was it. They showed ten second tees of of. Uh, an at being taken down, and then that was it. No more mention of it. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I was just like, fuck <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, I, I love the Battlefront games. I, I think they're amazing. We talked about it um, a couple of episodes ago, yeah. and I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I was just like, no. With all the, the, the kind of LucasArts yeah. closed down, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we just didn't think we were going to see it, but that's why I was just like, woo! Yeah. Battlefront! And do, do you think that's because of all that closing down, they just went, yeah, fuck it. Let's just make this one well, they, they, good license. last epic. No, 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 because no. LucasArts is gone now, so yes. they, they've licensed it out to people like EA, um, okay. subsidiaries of EA yeah. to make them. But the guys who own Battlefront weren't a subsidiary, and the guys who owned the license, rather, they, they weren't under the EA um, umbrella, which is why I thought it was never going to happen. Mm. But it's, 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 it's happened. They found a way of making it happen, and I couldn't be happier. Indeed. So, <laughs> yeah. So yes, we'll be looking forward to running around as stormtroopers. Yeah, <laughs> there was some interesting stuff. I mean, um, Elder Scrolls Online on consoles as well, with the PS4 having exclusive beta, mm. which is interesting. Um, apparently, though, the servers aren't going to be compatible. So if you play PC and Mac, you're on one set of servers. If you play console, you're on a second set of servers, which is kind of gutting because I don't want to have to buy a PC just to run it, and I'm not going to put it onto my work Mac. But I will be getting a PS4, so we're playing it there. Which means I might not be able to play it with my mates who have got it on PC or, or Mac, which will be disappointing. But I'll survive it's Elder Scrolls Online. Indeed. <laughs> you know, you'll find people to play with one way or another in Elder Scrolls Online, AD. <laughs> Sweet. I've heard that's possible too. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird thing I, I've heard about today was the, um, you know, the Quake 3 Arena. Uh, apparently somebody had left uh, a server running with Quake 3 Arena with just the AIs uh, to fight against each other and they'd forgotten about it and had come back years later and they'd actually stopped fighting. So the AI had learned that it was pointless and they literally went in the game and they were just literally stood looking at each other and they'd follow him around and watch him but they wouldn't fight. They'd given up. That's insane. <laughs> Mental. I find the link for it, and awesome. I'll post it in the show notes. But yeah, Bizarre. basically, the, the, these these AI opponents had just given up. 
and gone, oh, fuck it. <laughs> None of you keep coming here anymore, so it's pointless. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> I really like that. That's That could be the premise for a really creepy film. Indeed. It could. They could look for someone to fight. Maybe that's how Skynet gets started. Maybe. Maybe that's the plot for Terminator 5. No, no, I'd say the plot for Terminator 5 is the Terminator running for government. <laughs> it's What I've heard is it's a prequel. Really? Yeah, they're gonna go. They're gonna go after John Connor by going after his ancestors pre Sarah Connor and Sarah Arnie, because they're trying to get Arnie to back in it. Well, he is. He's, he's it, signed it, up, but he's not going to be a terminate. He's going to be the, the the story that I saw on. I think it was Screen Rant. I can't remember where it was now. Is that essentially the Terminator Arnie from the first film was developed by Skynet. Mm-hmm. based on an imprint Skynet had from this earlier incursion at like Sarah Connor's grandparents. And it was Arnie's character in Terminator 5 who somehow managed to fend off the Terminator using sort of like ye old Wildy West weapons. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Stick oh with me, because this, 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 this is all true. And so, because they were so impressed... With him protecting her grandparents or, or parents, they designed the Terminator, the T one hundred, in his image, and that is how Arnie is I coming can feel back. It sucking out my will to live across the winds of time. <laughs> is all I have to say on that. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's the start of another trilogy. Yeah. They're saying T Terminator Five is going to be the start of a new Terminator yeah, trilogy. They did say it was going to be a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 the rumor that Arnie will be back playing a character that inspired Skynet to design the Terminator in his image. Even though Skynet hadn't been invented then. Well, it's it's all timey wimey wibbly wobbly. Yeah, right over that. Yeah. If you hadn't, one of us would have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but <coughs> yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I think that's going to suck the big one. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to suck several big ones. Yeah. <laughs> more than Salvation did. Yeah. yeah. And more than Terminator 3 and, did. And to make it, yeah, I was just about to say, to make it even worse, they're going to do it in, you know, HD, 3D. Oh. Anyways, probably about time for a musical interlude. It is. I believe so. I would have thought. Ada, you found this week's band. I did indeed. I've seen, I've been watching the music video on repeat. It's been fantastic. But yes, this week uh, we've got the Dirty Youth and Fight. So it is a, they are a female fronted band with sort of balls to the wall. Yeah, they're kind of a rock. Welsh paramour, I would say. Yeah? That's yes. how I would describe with, them. With a bit of punk in there. I think they're, sli- I think they're slightly edgy. They're slightly, slightly they are edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, edgy. Was, that was my initial, because we saw them recently, because I went to the Chevelle gig and they were the support band. Oh, wow, cool, cool. Um, and Megan kept going all the way through it. I know this band, I know this band, I know yes. this band. And I was like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not doubting you, but I, I, I don't think I know them. And then we bought the CD off them after the gig. And the first track on was Rise Up. Mm. And... Both of me and Megan went, yeah, this is the one we know. How do we know this? And we still we haven't figured out where we know that track from. It was me. You played yes, it Yes, I us. played it to you. Did you? Yes. Right, uh, this is going back... Uh, there you go. I couldn't think, figure it out. I think it was about we were two, like, how the fuck do we know this It was about, two thousand, about 2011, 2012. Yeah, um, yeah I think towards right. the end of 2011, okay. um, I found out about them and 
a friend of mine was posting about them, so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give these guys a go. And uh, they're actually um, a friend of mine, uh, Beth, she's uh, now going out with one of the bands. So awesome. That was the, the link in there. So thanks cool. very much for that, Beth. And uh, yeah, cheers, fun. Matt, so, for giving us the uh, go-ahead for yeah. letting us uh, use your track. So yeah. anytime you're over, give us a shout and maybe we can get you on the show. Indeed. And if you've got a new album or new single out, just uh, give us a shout and we'll put it on for you. Steve so will put all the links to the track and the uh, website. website in the show notes. Enjoy. We will see you on the other side. the second part of No vs. World. Welcome back everyone. Indeed. <laughs> You've just heard the wonderful song from the Dirty Youth. Yeah. Yep. Hope you enjoyed them. Check them out. It's a fantastic band. Very, very well worth checking out. Look forward to having uh, some of their tours come up soon. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Be interested yeah. to see them again properly. 
Right. Well, this week's talking point then. I guess what is this week's talking point? Well, I think, given the title, Little Shop and Nerds, yeah, we've talked about it before on the show, the Rule 32 Cafe. Yeah, indeed, the, the Indiegogo is, is a go-go. It is. Uh, we, we like to have a Kickstarter, or a crowdfunding campaign to support, so this is our campaign for the next... The next month we'll be supporting this. Yeah. Everywhere we can. Yeah, very much so. so yeah, for, for for those of you who don't know about it, why? Because you should have listened to the previous podcast and we've talked about it loads. And it's been twittered and Facebooked we've by all three of us. Parped and spewed it. stuff about it. <laughs> exuded. <laughs> exuded, yes. <laughs> essentially. Exuded uh, online. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a campaign essentially to bring a. A hard rock cafe, but for the geek. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, when it went live yesterday, I, I, I threw my oar in for the uh, the the Rule Thirty Two game books and pencils and stuff. I was very, very tempted to get a table, but I just thought, no, it's a, I'll, I'll just stick with this for now. I'm torn between which one, which package to buy. For me, it's either the My Precious, mm. which is the fifty pound one, or the Hero of Canton, and it's not for the hat. No, because <laughs> no, I mean, like no. the, the hat is something that I would most definitely want, um, and it's probably something that I would never buy myself. Hats are cool. I look stupid in any kind of hat. But this is a Jane hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the thing. The other option is That's you either cool have hat. the Jane hat or you have your own personal mug behind the bar, and just something about that is just having your own personal mug behind the bar is pretty. It's just awesome. So I think I would have to go for that, and then maybe try and buy a Jane hat or maybe see if I could just like have the Jane hat and the mug but not the soap and the OT bars see if I could do some sort of combination of the two options ah uh, but you have to have the inevitable betrayal soap because that is one of the one of the finest ones ever curse you and your sudden inevitable betrayal this is why the choice is so hard I want to give them my money <laughs> <laughs> well maybe they'll create a special package if you set a certain amount Brendan's Maybe. special package. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he is a special package. I am a special snowflake, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's running for 45 days now, yeah. and they've, they've got uh, 60,000 they're looking at trying to That's get the target. It. I mean, the target is big, and the target is big and it's ambitious. I think it's actually fairly reasonable for what they're proposing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for what they want to do. It's... Refurbing a venue is, is uh, you know, very, very expensive. Yeah. For what they want to do, it's reasonable. But in terms of the Kickstarters that I've backed in the past, they've not been of the same sort of scope as this one. This is this isn't like a, an album. This isn't a book. This is something huge. Yeah, it, it, it's an ongoing concern, as it were. Yeah. I, I think it'll be great. I, I like the ideas. I'm, I'm I'm very very interested to see portal themed bathrooms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. That will be pretty cool, and uh, a firefly themed bar. Yeah. Well, I I would just move in. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you probably will. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll move back to Worcester. Your own mug, your own personal corner to pass out in. Yeah, just quit the day job and go back there. Your own portal portal. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. I see what you did there, Aidy. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I, you know, I, I think, it, it, as they've said in the kind of intro to it, it's something we've all thought about doing at some point. It is, yes. Um, you know, I've, I've come fairly close with running pubs and clubs over the years, but uh, this is a very, very interesting idea. I think the closest thing that I've seen to it at the moment is Lazy Gamer yeah. in, mm. in Headington, 
which is but that's more computer games focused computer games and comics yeah. uh, rather than just the kind of full on nerdgasm that this is uh, purporting to be desperate to see it succeed because I think there's a great article uh, by Matt from Geek Planet Online who says the reason this needs to succeed is there's the need for it mm. not just because the geek culture has become more mainstream which it has but there's still a difference without wanting to impart any elitism to the geek culture there's still a difference between someone who gets excited about going to see an Avengers movie mm-hmm. and someone who gets excited about the brand new issue of an Avengers comic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is different levels in terms of how much people buy into it. Mm. And I think there are still people who, despite the more mainstream side of it, are still too scared to openly be a geek. Even in this day and age? Yeah, I, I, would still, I would say there is. I would say that there is still an element of the geek culture which is still marginalised mm. and ridiculed. I mean, we see it We see it now within the geek culture itself. There's a hierarchy within the geek culture itself now. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I Different. don't subscribe to it. But oh, no, I don't subscribe to it. I don't, I don't it, yeah. believe it at all, I but it's, it it's there. I think it does exist a little bit, yes. I think if, you, if you're in doubt that there's still people who look down on the geek culture, you just have to look at the Sci-Fi Weekend last year, or well, this year, when there were people at the Sci-Fi Weekend this year who were openly disparaging people in cosplay. Well, I, I don't think they were necessarily looking down on it. I just think they were predominantly arseholes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who had no connection to it whatsoever. Um, so I, I, I don't see that as being people looking down on nerd culture. I just think that was just generally a bunch of arseholes uh, being arseholes. Who <laughs> didn't have a bloody clue about what the Survivor yeah. Weekend was about. Indeed. I, I, I think that... I, I don't see a, a huge amount of, of any looking down on nerd culture anymore. I think that the nerds have quite happily proven themselves over the last kind of 20 years of various things of, you know, that, that, that they are worthwhile in whatever they do. I think there are certain aspects of it that people might still not necessarily get. People still don't kind of get the tabletop role-playing side mm-hmm. of things. They don't necessarily get the attraction of that. Um, so there are certain things, but the in, in general, people accept, yeah, you like comic books and you like films and you like dressing up and that's fine. I don't know, am I wrong? Like, I still think this, I still think for all the mainstream progress that's been made, it's still seen as maybe childish and something. I, I don't think it's cool to disc geeks anymore. Like it used to be. No, oh, no, no. It's not like when no. we were when we were at high school. Yeah. Where like you'd, you'd have to hide out. Yeah. But because you only have to look at the success of things like the comic cons and see how big they are and the big names that are attracted there and that various companies use them as a launching pad for stuff and it gets international coverage. So I uh, I think it's very very much acceptable now. Yeah, but I still think there is that element of arseholes out there. Well, but there's always arseholes. Yeah, well, no, no, that's, that's, that's the point. I'm, I'm not disputing that. That's why I think something <coughs> like this is so important. Because where else can you go? For as mainstream as geek culture has become, you can't uh, go uh, to the pub and roleplay. Uh, uh, all right, I see. So, yeah, yes. so you know, basically, what you're saying, yeah, lack of a as a bunch menu. of cosplayers, would you go into Edwards number eight and sit and have a beer? No. Exactly. And the answer to that is no, no because no. you'd end up in problems. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, right. as, as, okay. as, as. So, it, it's about giving a safe haven rather than. Absolutely. Anything. Okay, yeah. So, it's. 
it's the general intolerance of society, not necessarily specifically towards nerddom. It's just in terms of anything in out general, of the ordinary. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's that's what that's I, I can agree with. Yeah, and that's what this article is saying, and that's that's I could not agree with this article more. I think it's tremendously important <clears throat> to give people this place because I mean we've we've grown up with the stigma attached to being a geek. Mm. I can remember having maybe two people to talk with about Star Trek at high school because nobody else would want to openly discuss it for fear of being bullied. Indeed. And and I think that maybe not so much for us, but for the current crop of high school kids who are still finding those little niche geekdoms that they love so much, mm. I think they need somewhere where they can meet like-minded people and where they can talk, and where they can feel safe, and where they can enjoy their hobbies and explore <clears throat> them. I think it's the, the feeling safe thing is uh, of particular importance to me. Because, uh, I mean, uh, again, having run a lot of venues, that has always been the important thing for me. That you know, I, I've run a lot of alternative venues, mm. and they've ended up with very, very tight-knit communities of people who will look after themselves, after each other, and it would be self-policing. So if you did get the occasional random arsehole and ringing off the street trying to cause trouble, they would be dealt with swiftly and efficiently and, and removed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's about building a place where that kind of community can flourish. Yeah. That's a, that, that is a very good thing. And that's, that's, that's something that needs to happen. And there are many places like that anymore. Most of the places I knew like that have been cl- long since closed down. Yeah. I mean, the last bastion of that for me in Oxford was the Glock, and even Absolutely, that had, yeah, yeah. Had, had kind of tailed off quite a bit towards the end, and lots of people had drifted. Um, but that was, for me, the kind of safe place in Oxford, yes. and that, that's now gone. That's why I think this this Rule 32 Cafe is such a tremendous idea. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's a great, great idea. Um, I just wish there could be one everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, one in every city. Well, yeah. if we get this one off and running... Well, well indeed, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you know well, yeah, I think if you can prove that this model exists, the yes. model can, can work, can. and I think it can. I, I think it can work. I think it can work well, because it's something nobody else is doing. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot more people into it, into this sort of thing now, that it can be sustainable much more sustainable than it ever was before because yeah. i mean previously uh, we, when we had like a little we had one little role-playing shop in whitehaven and we had our club that was like about 30 odd people and that was it in the whole of west yeah. cumbria mm. and such a place could not have been supported by that amount of people mm. whereas now that i mean that I, I i'm still surprised to run across pockets of role players and stuff in digcot that i'd never met before how how do I not know who you are? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think maybe it's because most of them feel they have to remain within their own And, and that's what they do. They kind of yeah. sit with like maybe eight to ten people sat gaming on a weekly basis or whatever in their own homes. Yeah. And they don't have a communal place that they go to. In conclusion, yes, there should be somewhere like this. Yeah. And people should support it. And let's get it off the ground. Because... The more of these places that start getting created, the better. Yeah. And this is a fantastic starting point run by a couple of people who really believe in what they're doing yeah. and really know what they're doing as well and know their community and what they're trying to provide for it. Absolutely. I mean, we, we mentioned uh, Cherry Bomb, who's one of the people involved. She was the person who managed to put the Good Omens questions in your game when he saw him in Bath. You know, they do love this culture. Yeah, and this, I And I... I've been with these guys since 
they started the project because it was No Versus World. We got a film crew down to Worcester mm. to film the viral video. But that was a wonderful day of filming with, with the Clone Troopers and the Galactic Knights in, uh, in Worcester. And from that moment, we've been waiting to get it out, mm. <laughs> to get the video out so we could start the campaign because they've been sensible with it as well. This, this hasn't been something they've wanted to do it's not like that. It's not been rushed. Yeah. Because it's they been were planned very, very well. They were going to go earlier in the year, <clears> but after seeking considerable business advice and financial advice, they were advised to hold off, and they've, they've done that. They've made sure that if they get the money, this will work. Mm. This isn't a case of raising the money and then hoping for the best. It's a case of if they get the money, they know exactly where everything's going, this yeah. thing will work. Yeah. Um, that's why when I've decided whether I give them 50 quid or 65 quid, when I've made that choice, I might even just speak to them and say, look, if I just give you X amount of money, can I have a hat? Can I have my own mug? Can I have a hat <laughs> and my own mug? Yes, which is why... Yeah, please, why pretty please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take my money. Because <laughs> there's, uh, there's nothing cooler, I don't think, than walking into a venue and going, the usual cup please. of tea. In your, in your special mug, sir? Oh, why? Yes, yes, please, sir. <laughs> and then, then get my mug down and... Uh, Put your hat on, sit in the corner, brew. Yeah, yeah, it works. It's it's because I was thinking, what are the perks going to be for this campaign? Mm. I was really sort of thinking, how are they going to do it? And then it's just all the perks. I was like, if I had two hundred quid, I would give you two hundred quid and have a table with my favorite movie quote on it. Indeed. Well, I had to go and find my favorite movie quote because I haven't, I haven't got that sorted yet. I looked at that and go. What the hell would I have as my quote? Because uh, that 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 would be there to forever. Mind immediately for me is victims, aren't we all? Uh, and that, that would be mine. I think either that or it would have to be the book quote, which is the one that I always use, which is the um, William Gibson Neuromancer one: cyberspace, uh, uh, consensual hallucination experienced daily by billions of legitimate operators. Uh, I just mind. I just couldn't pick a quote. That should be the poll, actually. Oh, <laughs> make the poll just like uh, that. That would be, be too wide ranging for a poll. Okay, just just tell us your favorite movie quote then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just tell us anyway. Just tell us. Yeah. <laughs> just tell us. Um, maybe we could all chip in together, get a table, but a no and table. Uh, put one of the quotes on it. Mm, okay, that could be kind of interesting. Possibly. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to have a think about have that. Think yeah. about see, see, see what the. the but I, I might, I might, I might talk to them and just say, "Look, I want the hat and I want a mug." How much? Do you How want? much do you want? <laughs> How much do you want for a hat and a <laughs> mug and the inevitable betrayal soap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, just name your price. <laughs> and you can have sixty thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're getting some good traction. I mean, the first day of the campaign, I mean, by the time this comes out, they'll have been going for about five, five days. days. Yeah. But, so, yes, the first day, they did really well. I mean, they've, they've got a pretty high daily target to reach, and they beat their, their target for the first day. So I want to see this keep going yeah. for the reasons we've said, and because I'd love, at some point, to do a live Nervous as well podcast from Absolutely. there. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. We would have to have a nerd versus world home from home there. Yeah, because that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I think... Opening night. <laughs> well, we could talk to them, see what they say. Um, but I think, yeah, for all the reasons why this is needed, I think it is for the the chance for people to 
meet, mingle, and feel safe in their communities. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's yeah, key, and I truly hope it works because when established, those kind of communities are, are absolutely second to none. Yeah. And you know, some of my best friends now are still are people that I've met in those circumstances. Yeah, my yeah. best my best mates are the are the guys I was RPing with 20, 20 years yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we will put links to the Indigo campaign in the show notes. and Go if support them, yeah. shout out about it, share it as much as you can, and just yeah. tell other people about it, and, you know, yeah. it will gain traction. Even if you can't contribute financially at this stage, if you, if you share it, that's all we can ask. That's yeah. the very least we can ask you. Just let people know, because if you can't help, maybe somebody else can. Um... And they have a, a referral scheme as well. If you share their link and five or more people click on your link and donate, then you're entered into a prize draw where you can win a signed Neil Gaiman book, you can win a year subscription to SFX magazine, or you can win Robert Rankin artwork. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, your referrals can win you prizes as well. Win you goodies. So, yeah. Indeed, do it. As Neil Gaiman said on on Twitter today, he's basically telling all his followers to go out and tell at least one person in person about the new book, and that's how you get people into stuff. Yeah, and I've told I've told quite a few people about his new <laughs> book. I've been like, it's brilliant. Read it. Give it to my mom to read. Does mom read this? Other. Quick things on, on Kickstarters and so forth. There is another Kickstarter that I believe only has about six or seven days left to run. And it's one that we spoke about a while, well, we spoke about offline, not on the show, but which is Nightmare Live. Okay, yeah. Which mm. is uh, a bunch of guys who are trying to put together a stage version of Nightmare to show at the Edinburgh Fringe. As of today, they were only about 400 quid off their target. And there's like, it, I think it, it runs out on Sunday or Monday, I think it is. So, yeah. Give that some support just to see. That would be brilliant to see a stage version of Nightmare. It'd be good to see that sort of run from like after they've done the the uh, festival. Yeah, indeed. To, yeah, to actually like run to that on stage, but to actually have audience. That, that this is what they do. Yeah. They, they they get somebody out of the audience to be the adventurer, or a team. That's brilliant. I, no, I don't think they get the no, team. I think the, the team is done with the people in, involved in the performance, right. but the adventurer is someone from the audience, is what I gather from it. Well, if that's successful, I'd love them to come down to Rule 32 and do it there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be very, very cool. So, any other bits and bobs going on? Events and stuff coming up? Well, I'm just thinking about people doing it for themselves and being geeky for themselves. Um one of my students, I think we've talked about this briefly off air, I think it's worth sharing. His dissertation is going to be looking at uh, other types of interfaces for, this, for the use of uh, composing and performing music. So he's looking at amalgamating the leap motion with the mind map mm-hmm. music helmet and stuff to work that into his performance. And we've spoken to him about maybe blogging for us, for Wonky Spanner. That would be cool. I think that would be quite an interesting read for people. Um, the guy is incredibly talented. I would try and get a piece of his music for the show, but a lot of his compositions are probably longer than our show is, so it doesn't work as an interlude. It works as uh, an ambient, turn yourself off for an hour and trip out. It's, it's, uh, he's openly psychedelic in his influences. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, his... 
dissertation topic is, it really intrigued me when he told me about it, because he sees it as a tool for com- composing and performing, and I saw his application for learning, mm. uh, sort of intuition-based learning, yeah. rather than structured text-based learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there'll be, there'll be some coding involved, mostly Max MSP, which is, for those who don't know, it's, it's an object-based coding system, which is quite a cool way of making electronic music. It's a nice bit of software. Easy to pick up. Cool. So, yeah. Hopefully he'll be writing a blog for us in the, in the next month or That's so. That's cool. I will get that. And, and a space set up for that on the Wonky Spanner. Yeah. Other stuff that may well be coming up on there was um, Ripley's Talking Heads thing. Yes. Yeah, did anyone sit in on his hangout uh, last well, night? Well, no, exactly. Be yeah, I think he's rescheduled Wednesday. it for tomorrow night, being Wednesday night. Yes. So when this goes out, it'll have been two nights ago. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, uh, you tried to do it last night, but I was out for Emma's birthday and stuff, and, and I think various other people were suffering from hangovers and so forth, so it didn't I, I quite occur. Into... But yeah, the, the basic idea of it is he's picked the top 50 films from IMDb, and over the next however long, he's going to be watching those and doing a Talking Heads discussion yeah. of it using Google Hangouts. Which is just brilliant. And then we'll be getting those recordings, and we'll put those up on the Wonky Spanner uh, as being available to watch after the event. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the film that they were looking at doing this week was uh, M. Fritz Lang's M. Yeah. Should be quite interesting. So, oh, that means I might get the chance to, to watch it now. Mm. So I'll probably give that a watch. Tonight. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have to be tonight. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I probably won't be sitting in on this one just because I've got a lot on at the moment in terms of work and, and other stuff. But uh, I will be joining in at, at, with certain films. So yeah. yeah, he's basically picked the top fifty from IMDb and thrown in a couple of a couple extras from from uh, the Nerd from World list. Yeah, yeah he struck in um, Empire, Empire Records. Records. Went yes. in. Yeah. Well, as soon as he opened up the suggestions, I was just like straight Empire away Records. Empire Records. <laughs> I now know how everybody else feels when they're making their list because if I could change my list of five films, I would. Three of them would stay the same. Mm-hmm. It's just two films I would switch out of my list. Yeah. Um, well, you're not allowed. Yeah, I know, which <laughs> that's, sucks. That's why it was best done the way we did it, because yeah. it was on the spot, and, yeah. and you didn't have the time to contemplate, think about it. Indeed. So that was the whole purpose yeah. of that. So, yes, yeah, so look out for some new interesting stuffs coming up on, on the Wonky Spanner site over the, the next couple of months. Yeah, because as much as this show is kind of about catching up on what's going on, it's also about celebrating people using tech Indeed, to be... Yeah. Creative. Yeah, we're going to have our makey makey sessions soon as well. Yeah, well, we? we're, we're, that's two weeks time. Yeah, it's, it's not this weekend. It's next weekend, and we've got uh, my friend Damo awesome. for the show as well, who's uh, an actor. Brilliant. He's coming on the, to do a yeah, podcast. Looking forward so. to have a, have a chat with him. Yeah, some indeed. of the things that he's doing. Yes. And my my leap motion comes through at the end of the end of the month. Hopefully, if it sticks to its schedule, it should be here July twenty second. Mm-hmm. In which case, I want to get my hands on some Touch OSC and do some coding with that. And this weekend is London Film and Comic Con. I'm working for so of July, so that's Friday to Sunday, which I believe I'm I'm representing for Nerd versus yeah, World I'm, this one. I'm working. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, are you going to the whole weekend? No, you? I'm just, just there on the Saturday. Okay, yeah. uh, I'm just going down on the Saturday because um, Robert Rankin's releasing uh, Alice on Mars yeah. that weekend. So I'm going to go down. He's he's doing drinkies and things there for awesome. the show. So I'll go down and get a copy of that. Megan's desperate to get a copy of that signed by him. So uh, yeah, we'll go down and see Mr. Rankin again and. Uh, 
I'll go around and see if I can round up some more people to come on the show and maybe try and tag some more celebrity intros. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I will be about on the Saturday, so if anybody is around, give me a shout out on Twitter or Facebook and look up and have beers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, so then the following week we'll be recording Makey Makey stuff and, yeah. and podcasts around at uh, Wonky Towers. Still got to work out something cool to do with the Makey Makey. Yes. I'm sure we'll figure it out given an afternoon and some alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> sure you will. Is that the, that's the games night as well, isn't that's it? That's the games yeah. night, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so yeah, it's going to be a busy day. Yeah. Podcast, Makey Makey's. Yeah, there's tons and tons of stuff. Loads so, going on. Yes, try and catch up with, for me with beers at the weekend if you're around at Comic Con. I'll be mooching around somewhere, probably with my top hat on. Yeah. Uh, I know that Eurogamer Expo are also making an announcement in the next couple of days about their convention in September, so that's one I'll be going to. I will put details as we have them up on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So follow that or follow Twitter. And check out all the swanky new stuff on the Wonky Spanner. Yeah, if you have an event, get in touch, let us know. If you're in a band or no bands, <laughs> let them know about our musical interlude. Uh, and uh, You've forgotten how to sign off the show now, haven't you? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for this show. Thanks very much for listening. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And I've been 80. Until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. <laughs>